Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there, Hoopball Chicago Bulls podcast listeners. There are tons of VPN providers out there. You've probably heard of a few of them. And some of you may have even used a VPN before. But I like to do research on my sponsors, and I only recommend brands to my listeners that I believe in. I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their service to log any of your info. Second is speed. I've tried lots of VPNs in the past. Many slow your connection down or make your device sluggish. I've been using ExpressVPN for the past three months, and my internet speeds are blazing fast. Even when I connect to servers thousands of miles away, I can still stream HD-quality videos with zero lag. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs is how easy it is to use. Unlike other VPNs, you do not have to input or program anything. You just fire up the app and click one button to connect. It's so easy, even your grandparents could do it. Full disclosure, I don't think my grandmother can do it. She can barely use the contacts function on her cell phone. Anyways, so protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my link, expressvpn.com slash hoopball today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Visit expressvpn.com slash hoopball to learn more. Now, on with the show. The following is a hoopball presentation. All right, Bulls fans, the draft has been completed. We are talking to you a day after the draft. Wanted everybody to sleep on it, think about it, and then get your reaction to what you thought of the Bulls draft last night. Welcome to the Hoopball Chicago Bulls podcast. It is Thursday, November 19th, 2020, and the Chicago Bulls have just completed their first draft under new president of basketball operations, Arturis Karnishevis. And look, I was expecting, you heard our talk with Brad Harden of the Hoopball Atlanta Hawks podcast, we thought that this draft was going to go in a much different direction than it actually did. There were some rumors that were coming out in the days prior to the draft that the Bulls were going to want to trade up to number two and the Golden State Warriors would receive Wendell Carter Jr. and the number four pick. Now, that screams everything Ryan Pace and the Chicago Bears 
when they traded up, flipping spots with the San Francisco 49ers to draft Mitchell Trubisky. Now, I don't think that this could have been equated to as the same thing because James Wiseman was the best big in the draft. So I'm sitting there last night, and I'm thinking to myself, this could shape up perfectly for the Bulls to get anybody outside of Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and LaMelo Ball. I had seen some mock drafts that had Denny Avdia going to the Warriors at number two. I had seen Obi Toppin to the Warriors at number two. Basically, I had seen a bunch of different scenarios to the Warriors at number two, and with Minnesota and Charlotte deciding whether or not each of them wanted LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards. So the Timberwolves draft first, they draft Anthony Edwards. Then the Warriors draft James Wiseman, and the Hornets draft LaMelo Ball. So I'm thinking my prediction of Tyrese Halliburton at number four is about to come true. If they wanted to go Isaac Okoro, they could go with him too. Instead, the Bulls pull a fast one, and this is a guy that had been rumored to be amongst Billy Donovan's favorite players in this draft, and that is stretch forward Patrick Williams from Florida State. The first thing I can tell you about Patrick Williams is that I don't know a damn thing about Patrick Williams. But everything I saw on Twitter and every news outlet that was covering it, whether it be Bulls Talk Live on NBC Sports Chicago or Chuck Swirsky and Bill Wennington on 670 The Score, Everybody was raving about Patrick Williams. And Jordan Cornette, who is a Notre Dame basketball alum, he used to do work for Fox College Hoops. Now he's doing work for ESPN. This is what he tweeted last night. Covered Patrick Williams all year, did a bunch of his games, because Cornette primarily does ACC Network stuff with ESPN. Says, superb young man, D-Rose quietness. Head down, just wants to get better. Chicago's going to love him, elite athlete, high-level defender, and rebounder, legit catch-and-shoot guy, needs to improve as scorer on ball. All right, basically, what the Bulls drafted here is a high-level defensive wing player that can shoot and that can rebound. It sounds like his lone weakness is being able to drive to the hole and be able to score near the basket, creating his own opportunities. But if he's a great catch-and-shoot guy... If you draft the right point guard, then that's going to be a guy that can be lethal in your offense. Now, it said something to me that the Bulls went with a wing instead of going with a point guard because the pick that followed was Isaac Okoro. Number six, the Hawks went with Onyeko Okongwu, a center. Number seven, Killian Hayes goes to Detroit, and that's the first point guard after LaMelo Ball The Bulls weren't targeting Killian Hayes. Pick number eight, the Knicks go with Obi Toppin. Wizards go with Denny Evdia at number nine. At 10, Jalen Smith, who's also a 6'10 forward, goes to the Suns. At 11, Devin Vassell, a 6'5 wing from Florida State as well, mind you, goes to San Antonio. And Tyrese Halliburton eventually goes to the Kings at number 12. So let me read you a little bit of what I got from Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic. He wrote this article this morning about Patrick Williams. It starts off like this. He said his dream all along was bigger than draft night. Quote, be great, unquote, he said. The Bulls saw enough potential greatness in Patrick Williams to make the 19-year-old forward out of Florida State the fourth overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft. Williams, the second youngest player in the draft, shot up draft boards in the run-up to Wednesday night. Not long ago, he was projected to be selected in the mid to late first round. 
During his lone college season as a freshman, Williams served as the Seminoles' sixth man, playing 22.5 minutes a game. His averages were 9.2 points per game, four rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one blocked shot. Those numbers were good enough for ACC sixth man of the year, but those kinds of numbers in college are not typically good enough to go fourth overall. It's Williams' skill set, not his college stats, that garnered so much attention. And with the draft delayed five months due to the coronavirus pandemic, NBA decision makers took advantage of the extra time to pour over the film. Wednesday selection night might not have happened without those five additional months, which included another postseason that saw positionless basketball reign. As much as anything, that is what vaulted Williams. He is now viewed as one of the best and most versatile defenders in the draft. His size, strength, and athleticism allow him to guard multiple positions. He's confident he will be able to defend each position in this new era of small ball. This next quote is from Sam Vicini of The Athletic. Quote, his defensive feel, reactivity, and IQ is off the charts good for a teenage wing. He's a monster and help defense both on the perimeter and as an interior rotator. As a rim protector, he's an absolute force rotating over from the weak side for blocks and contests. His timing when going up to swat shots is strong, and he has a quick second jump for a secondary contest after the initial attempt. And now cherry-picking a little bit more through this article, this is what he told ESPN's Malika Andrews last night on draft night, quote, if you put in enough work day to day, you can't have nothing but confidence. That is what Patrick Williams said. Here's a quote from Jeff Goodman of Stadium's interview with Williams back in August. Quote, Honestly, I attribute it to just me loving to get better. Somebody asked me the other day, what's my favorite part of playing basketball? And I told them that it was just the opportunity to get better each and every day. I love the fact that I can go to the gym right now and shoot threes until I miss. So the way that I see this pick and the way that I view how the Bulls went about this they want a guy that's going to slot in as a number three for years to come. You didn't take this pick to have him be a plug-and-play guy right away. Most 19-year-olds aren't unless they're elite superstar status guys. One of the things I like about this selection is that the Bulls are going to let their coaching staff and their player development staff take their time in developing their assets. Patrick Williams is going to sit behind Otto Porter Jr. for at least the first part of the 2020-2021 season. Otto Porter's a veteran. There's a lot of things that Patrick Williams can learn from him. Thaddeus Young is a veteran. If he wants to learn some more finite details of playing the four position in the NBA, he can learn from Thad Young. He can learn from other big guys such as Laurie Markkinen, who's more of a stretch three, somewhat to what Williams is, and Wendell Carter Jr., who may be looking to play a little bit more in the five this upcoming season for the Bulls. Patrick Williams is going to be able to take his time and develop at his own pace. And the Bulls selecting him at number four says, this is the guy we wanted. We feel like this is the best fit for us in the long term. Arturis Karnishevis said this on Patrick Williams, quote, when I saw his skill level, ball handling, shooting, ability to pass, I would disagree that he's a raw athlete. He knows how to play. At Florida State, he would be full-court pressing guards. That's a very unique skill for such an athletic and skilled player. A couple more quotes from AK on Patrick Williams. Selecting Patrick, a physical specimen, one of the youngest prospects in the draft, 
Long arms, big hands, defensive versatility, such potential. He can play one through five, played point guard in high school. This is where the NBA is going. I think the more study you do on Patrick, the more you realize that this is what the NBA is today. We need players in our league that can play multiple positions. He's able to do that. He's an elite athlete. He showed that in college. For us, he was the guy to get. So Arturis Karnishevis understands at this point what the modern NBA is. And remember, he was a GM in Denver, in the Western Conference, where you saw the Golden State Warriors become the pioneers of positionless basketball. And you can make the argument that positionless basketball existed before then, but that was the team that basically said, it doesn't matter how big you are. When you're playing a lineup, and I'm going to go back to the first iteration of the Warriors, when you're playing a lineup of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Harrison Barnes, and Andrea Godala, you are a team that basically is interchanging one through five. There really is no true center. You can make the argument now that Houston has gone to that model, although Houston is in the process of getting completely blown up. The Bulls are going toward the model of positionless basketball as well. You saw Billy Donovan be able to interchange lineups extremely effectively during his time in Oklahoma City. That's what he wants to bring to Chicago. Arturis Karnishvis has seen that positionless basketball can help mold great teams. And that's what he wants to do as the new Chicago Bulls executive VP of basketball operations. Now, the Bulls also drafted a player that you're not going to see in the United States for quite some time. And I hope I get his name right. His name is Marco Siminovic, who is a 6'11 center from Montenegro. This is Sam Vicini's scouting report. We're closing in on Hollinger Meltdown area with another center. I like Siminovic a bit more than John, and he's referring to John as John Hollinger, the other guy that's writing this draft recap article on The Athletic. It continues, as I think he has potential to develop into a very legitimate spacing five. He also has some real dexterity and ability to put the ball on the deck and attack closeouts. And yet still, despite his high-level production overseas and his potential to shoot, I still only have him at 68th on my board with a stash-slash-two-way grade because I struggle to see how he defends. John Hollinger says, another international who didn't crack my top 70, Siminovic was a serviceable starting center in Serbia as a 21-year-old, and yes, it's another five, just shoot me. Okay, John Hollinger, you don't really need to write like that. That's pretty rude. So I'm looking at what happened with this pick and seeing this as Arturis Karnishevis using his background in international scouting to get a guy that they feel like can develop into a star a couple of years from now. The Bulls on their roster right now do not have a big man that I can see on this team two years from now. Maybe that's Wendell Carter Jr., but again, that would require you having him playing the five instead of the four. Now, it kind of goes a little bit into the positionless basketball argument because it seems like Siminovich is a guy that potentially has the ability to play all five positions, even at 6'11", somewhat a European Kevin Durant that doesn't have quite the same skill set as Kevin Durant. But Karnishevis says on Siminovich, this was his quote from him last night, AK says, We're going to stash him for at least a year, but we were really excited to draft him. He was 51% from the floor, 41% from three, averaged 16-10 and 10 in the Adriatic League, 
after collecting all of the information, we identified Marco as our target at 44. So there you go. This is who the Bulls wanted. The numbers, I think, speak for themselves. And it's pretty clear that Arturis Karnuchevis has a draft strategy. Now, there is a rumor coming out that the Bulls are reportedly going to, as an undrafted free agent, sign Devon Dodson, the point guard from Kansas, who was not drafted on Wednesday night. So maybe the Bulls are saying that they're going to go with a Tomas Sadoransky and Devon Dodson combo at point guard. Maybe they're waiting until the next draft to get their franchise point guard. That's the one thing to me that is disappointing about this draft is because a few picks later, the Warriors selected Nico Mannion. You had a bunch of good point guards go in the first round after the Bulls drafted Patrick Williams. So I guess it's safe to say that Arturis Karnuzhevis is not that concerned about drafting a future franchise point guard. Maybe he feels like that guy is available in free agency or he's waiting until next year to get that guy. Or maybe he feels like that guy is Kobe White right now and you're going to open up the 2020-2021 season with Kobe White as your starting point guard. I don't think that's a horrible idea, but I don't think that Kobe White was drafted to be that guy. Again, you do not want to go into this upcoming season with Zach Levine handling the ball a majority of the time. I am still a believer that a true point guard running an offense is exactly what you want on a young team. To develop everybody else, you have to develop the skills of that system of offense. Now, I could be completely wrong here and that Billy Donovan is just going to be able to let Kobe White, Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen, whoever bring the ball up and the positionalist basketball philosophy that the Bulls are going to adopt now is going to basically eliminate the true need for a ball-handling point guard. But we don't know. And on that note, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about something that we could have gotten to a couple of days ago, but I wanted to save it for this episode. That is the qualifying offers that were and were not given to Bulls players on the roster from last year, and I think this somewhat molds into this positionless basketball philosophy that we saw executed in the Bulls draft last night. Stick around. We'll be right back here on the HoopBall Chicago Bulls podcast. All right, friends, it's HoopBall promo time. This is a huge, huge week for everyone at HoopBall because all of our 2020-2021 NBA season products are finally for sale. Stick with us here because there's a lot to go over, but we almost never push our HoopBall products, and this is the window during the year where we need to power the engine. Here's what's out. The Draft Guide. This is our flagship, our shining beacon, the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. Our guys went 400 players deep again this year. A future access pass to the Brewski 150 is also out. If you don't know the Brewski 150, you need to know now. It's the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years. And new for this year, HoopBall is unveiling our monthly membership plans. I'll try to keep this part as short as I can. We have the Fantasy Pass, which includes the Draft Guide, the Brewski 150, the also-new DFS Pass, and all of our in-season premium tools. The DFS Pass is also available on its own, if that's your thing. We have the new Wager Pass for sports bettors who want picks and analysis, and we have the HoopBall 360. That sucker has all the stuff above, plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. Head to hoop-ball.com or follow at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter now. Now! 
to learn more and to get yours. Welcome back to the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. Appreciative of our sponsors for all of their support of the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast and all of the shows on the Hoop Ball Network. So the Bulls decided to extend two qualifying offers and declined two qualifying offers. The two that they extended were to Denzel Valentine and to Adam Makoka. The ones that they declined, Chris Dunn and Shaq Harrison. Now, I have to say that I was not surprised on the Chris Dunn non-qualifying offer because I think the Bulls are pretty much ready to move on from Chris Dunn. If you're going in this model of positionless basketball, Chris Dunn is not the guy that you want because he's a one-dimensional point guard. He can run the offense, he can get you an occasional bucket, but he's not a scorer, he's not a shooter. Chris Dunn, by all accounts, is a disappointment, and the Bulls do not want to tie themselves to him any longer. Shaq Harrison... I don't know what to think about Shaq Harrison. I don't know enough about Shaq Harrison at this point to give you a determination upon whether or not extending him a qualifying offer is a good or a bad thing. But the Bulls decided they still wanted to salvage what was left of Denzel Valentine. And look, Denzel Valentine was one of the best players in college basketball the year that he was drafted. And I think that as a stretch two, small three, He's somebody that could fit into Billy Donovan's system. Or rather, Billy Donovan has seen enough of Denzel Valentine play, at least as a collegiate player, to say, in the right organization, in the right system, this is a guy that can be an effective basketball player. I personally am somebody that believed in the potential of Denzel Valentine from the very start, and I loved the pick when the Bulls did draft him. So giving him another chance, albeit at $4.7 million, I'm a little bit surprised that the Bulls are willing to pay that much for him at this point, but I don't see the downside in trying Denzel Valentine in a role where he's actually going to get to play some minutes. He didn't really have much of a chance in the Fred Hoiberg, Jim Boylan years to really establish himself, and now I feel like Billy Donovan is saying, look, I'm going to give you 20-plus minutes a night. I want to see what you can do. And I have absolutely no issue with that, given that, You look at what the Bulls just did in the draft, and they basically are using this upcoming season as a year to develop their core, to find out who they want on their team for the long term, and settle up for free agency the next offseason to where they can get guys that are going to put them over the top. Meanwhile, Adam Makoka is only 22 years old. He averaged over 10 points a game in the G League last year. He was the subject of some ridicule when Jim Boylan called a timeout down like 27 against Toronto saying he wanted to run a set for Adam Makoka. That shouldn't be what we remember Adam Makoka by, but I do want to say that Adam Makoka is somebody that if you gave him a longer look, maybe he could provide a boost off the bench, a spark as a 6th, 7th, or 8th guy. Somebody that's got some versatility as a 6'5 guard. Again, he's only 22 years of age. If you are expecting the Bulls to be competitive in 2020-2021, then you're fooling yourself. Why not add young guys to the roster like a Makoka, like a Devon Dodson, and see what they can do? See what you have. See if there's any inklings of potential that you can develop to be 
franchise players, not necessarily franchise players as in I'm investing everything in Adam Makoka and Devon Dodson, but guys that are going to be key role players for the next four to five years. It's worth doing at this point because if you go into the season thinking that you need to win now with Otto Porter Jr., that you need to win now with Cristiano Felicio, and you need to win now with Thad Young, then you're completely fooling yourself. What Bulls fans have to understand at this point in the arc of this franchise is that the rebuild that they started when they traded away Jimmy Butler, when they decided that one year of Dwayne Wade was more than enough years of Dwayne Wade, when that happened, this franchise went into full rebuild mode. And the fact of the matter is, is that the Bulls are not in the position to compete now because the previous regime did not develop the guys that they drafted correctly. And you can put a lot of that on Jim Boylan because Jim Boylan was installed as the head coach very early in the 2018-2019 season. And Jim Boylan was given a chance to coach the team again in 2019-2020. And Jim Boylan stalled the development of Wendell Carter Jr., stalled the development of Laurie Markkinen, and even though he's a little bit more of a veteran presence than the other guys, he did not take Zach Levine's game to the next level. So this regime is basically starting from square A when it comes to the development of the young players on this roster. You are no further along with this rebuild than you were when you decided to start it four years ago. And that's okay because you have placed trust in a new set of executives and a new coaching staff to do this the right way. And I trust in Arturis Karnaschewicz based on everything that we have seen him do in Denver and as an international scout. I trust that what he's doing is the right approach to make this franchise into a perennial contender three years down the road. I don't want to borrow from the 76ers, but trust the process. Trust that everything that the Bulls are doing is for a reason. Instant gratification is one of the biggest faults of human beings societally. We want to be instantly gratified because that's what human nature deems to be the most pleasurable and the most exciting result. Be patient. This stuff takes time. I want to just set as an example for you where the Golden State Warriors were prior to when they were winning championships. The year that they drafted Steph Curry, they went 36 and 46. The next year, they went 23 and 43. In 2012-13, they drafted Klay Thompson. In that year, they were the sixth seed in the West. They went 47 and 35. That was the first year under Mark Jackson. They lost in the conference semis to the Spurs. They beat the Nuggets in the first round. In 2013-14, they lost in the first round to the LA Clippers in seven games. They were the sixth seed with a record of 51-31. and 31. The next year, they won the title. They won 67 games. The next year, they lost in the finals. They won 73 games. The year after that, they won the finals. They won 67 games. The year after that, they won the finals. They won only 58 games. They did have a significant injury from Kevin Durant, and they had a very dramatic Western Conference Finals against the Houston Rockets. The year after that, they won 57. So, look, 
these things take time. But look at the sustained success that the Warriors had after they drafted Steph Curry. Losing season, losing season, winning season playoffs, winning season playoffs, finals, finals loss, finals, finals, finals loss. That's what you want. You build your franchise the right way, you are going to be able to have sustained success for five to seven years. That's the lifespan of a successful NBA franchise with one set of core players and one coaching staff. That's what it is. The Cleveland Cavaliers, prior to LeBron leaving, that was a five to six year run. The Miami Heat, four year run under LeBron. Four year run then with LeBron in Cleveland when he returned. You can make the argument that was what it was under the Tom Thibodeau Chicago Bulls. The Bulls were a dynasty in the 90s, winning six out of eight titles. Now, they were a good team before then. They were a bad team after then. But that's what you have to expect. And once you get into that window, you have opportunities to win championships. That window is going to start two years from now. But it depends a lot upon what the Bulls do in next year's draft, who they decide to keep after this season, and how the guys that you have on this roster now, the Laurie Markinens, the Wendell Carter Juniors, the Kobe Whites, the Zach Levines, and now the Patrick Williamses, are going to develop this year moving into next year. Understand, this takes time. But if you can comprehend what Arturis Karnishevis is going to do, and how he's going to do it, then you're going to be a much more sane basketball fan. And look, you've got free agency coming up in just a couple of days. Who are the Bulls going to go after? How are they going to spend their money? It is going to be a very intriguing NBA free agency period, given the pandemic, given the salary cap. What do the Bulls decide to do? Do they go all in on one guy that they feel like is going to make them good now? Or do they pick up a couple of pieces here and there to fill out the roster and then blitz going into next offseason? I would prefer the latter, but again, you're still going to have some spots to fill out on this roster. It's just a matter of how you spend your money and what you decide to do with the cap money you do have available. There could still be some trades. You could still try and find a partner for Otto Porter Jr. to shed that contract, but I doubt that that's going to happen. Keep the faith, Chicago Bulls fans. There is reason to be excited in the Windy City once again. Chicago is a basketball town. I am confident that they are on their way to being basketball's premier city once again. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Hoopball Chicago Bulls podcast. Welcome to Chicago, Patrick Williams. Welcome to Chicago, Marco Siminovich. Welcome to Chicago, Devon Dodson. And as always... Go Bulls! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.